Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Guys, I am so excited. Big things are happening over here. I can't even say it without laughing. Big things are happening. And I'm not talking about Be Strong, my new membership site that teaches you all about training and nutrition. And pretty soon, I'm starting my recordings this next week on uh, anatomy and exercise breakdowns and form videos. So if you love what I provide on Instagram, this is just taking it to a whole new level. But anyways, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh my goodness, guys. Okay. Today I announced on Instagram that I got on TikTok. And let me let me share with you some of my thoughts. Well, okay. You have to understand that these are just Lindsay's thoughts. So if somebody chooses to think differently or chooses to be like do differently than Lindsay, I don't care. I don't care. We are all individual. And look, I I have not, I am far from figuring out life for myself. I don't want to take on the job of figuring it out for you and for others, right? Oh my goodness, don't like, I don't, I don't want to take on that. So by no means of me sharing my opinion on this subject, am I trying to say you should feel or think this way too. I'm just sharing. I have really, and and I actually think a lot of you may struggle with this as well. I have really mixed feelings about social media because I see how it can be handled wisely and I see how it can be handled poorly. And I just, I don't know. I, I see a lot of teenagers who are already struggling with the basics in life and then you throw on top of it social media that majority of adults can't appropriately handle. Um, it's, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing. I'm, I'm, I believe that we are part of one of the largest social and emotional experiments. And if I'm being really honest, it's not really like showing, I don't know. It's not really, how do I put this? It's not looking good. Okay. I, I believe that as society, we're getting better at, um, at spotting, um, depression and anxiety and all levels of those in between. Um, but I also think that as a society, we're introducing new elements like social media that I do believe exasperates a lot of these issues. And this this is just my personal opinion. I, by no means do I believe I'm an expert on this. It is really fascinating when I talk with my sisters and they, they talk about, um, when they've gotten their children off of social media and how they're like, wow, I got my child back. Oh my gosh. That just breaks my heart thinking about that. Right. One sister, I got my child back. Like her anxiety went away, her depression went away, her, um, her self love was there again. Like she's, she started having confidence again. And I'm like, how is, and everybody's so different, right? And their levels of involvement and using it are so different. And so by no means am I just painting some wide brush, but man, there's something to this. So so actually I don't have any personal social media accounts. I have my, I mean, I, I started a Facebook one in high, in high, or not in high school, but in college, I started Facebook. 
uh, I don't get on it. I accidentally posted on it the other day because I thought I was posting to my VIP uh, Facebook group for all of my app users and clients, and I wasn't. I was posting for everybody else on this page that I literally haven't touched for like six years, so it was kind of funny. But um, yeah, I don't have any personal social media accounts, and so I decided to get on um, TikTok for business, and oh man, I, I did not realize by bringing that up on Instagram how polarized people are on this subject. You either love it or hate it. Like, it is so funny. So your guys' responses have been so funny. And I've actually just really, you guys have been so good about it. I've enjoyed our, a lot of us chit-chatting. And we're all expressing the same things, I feel like. We're expressing this desire to enjoy the good parts of it, but how can we protect ourselves and our children from these other aspects and... Uh, do we just avoid it altogether or do we uh, learn to balance it so that we can then teach that skill to our children because this isn't going away, right? So, so many thoughts on the subject, but it was hilarious when I opened up saying, guys, I got on TikTok and I'm still kind of torn on on it. I'm not going to get on there to like look around. Um, I just kind of want to post like what I post on Instagram, I'll just share on TikTok. So I had a few people say, well, if you're going to be on TikTok, I'm going to be on TikTok. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not sharing different things. I'm just sharing the same stuff that you see on Instagram is going to be there. Just trying to hit a wider audience. But there's still there's still like a piece of my soul. I'm, I'm having inner turmoil with this. <laughs> there's still like a piece of me that's like, no. <laughs> my my anyways i will spare you my my deep theories on yeah on it all but anyways it was so funny so everybody calm down if you're on instagram you can still you don't need to go over to tiktok and and don't worry like i'm not selling myself to the devil here like i'm going to be okay i'm not changing <laughs> I'm still the lifting Lindsay, you know, and hopefully, hopefully you don't hate, hopefully you, you kind of tolerate me a little bit. Okay, so let's get into the real topic here. I'm so glad I took like six minutes on just like my social media tangent, but it is, it's like this real, it's like as a parent and I'm watching my children grow up and even Elsie today, sorry, and now I'm just diving back into it, but even Elsie today was like, oh, I want to have an Instagram account. And I said, well, I just have it for business bug. And she goes, well, I'll have it just for business too. And everybody will think I'm hilarious. And I just, I just, I'm like, she probably just hears me laughing at myself all day long. Well, not all day, but as I do these stories and I'm just sitting there laughing at all my funny jokes that I think are so funny. So she's probably just like, oh, what what do you mean mom does it for work? She's just laughing at like her latest good joke. So, and and they remind me all the time I'm not nearly as funny as I think I am. But <laughs> anyways, okay, let's dive in to the real reason why I'm doing this episode. It's going to be, a, I, I was going to say it was going to be a quick one, but that was before my seven minute tangent on social media and my thoughts on it. But I am 
like really curious. I wish sometimes that while I'm talking, I could just see your guys' comments and stuff. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Like, um, I don't know how, it, man, if you guys send me, DM me on Instagram and not on TikTok because I don't even know how to use it. I got on there and honestly, I was overwhelmed. I'm such a grandma with technology. So I was just like, uh, I don't even think I want to be on here. So I don't even, I don't even know if I really will, but I don't know. It was a business decision. I think I'm going to dabble into it a little bit, but I don't know. Do you know what? I actually, I, you have to follow me on Instagram to be able to comment on any of my posts. And so, um, I've just had, I've, I've been attacked a few times and, um, I didn't, like it. I didn't like the mental and emotional space that it took in my brain. And so, um, so I've actually filtered that on, or that that's something that you can do on Instagram is only accept comments from people who follow you. And so that's what I do. And I wish I could do that on TikTok. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm still not convinced that I'll even end up doing it, but it is, it was such a funny morning listening to some of you guys sending me like voice messages, even like I loved it. It was just, it was fun. Sometimes it's just fun to connect with you guys and get to know your opinions and personalities. I love it. See it coming through. So, okay. So let's get back to now it's been nine minutes and we're going to jump into why I think people should start with maintenance instead of a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit is when we are trying to get fat loss, right? And a lot of times what propels somebody into a healthy lifestyle, propels them forward to, okay, I've got to make changes, is it's usually the pain of where they're at becomes intolerable for one reason or another. The pain of, man, I remember when my husband uh, put on a lot of weight. He's a web developer, so he sits at his desk all the time. And he he was working like, oh my goodness, it was like nine, sometimes 10 hours a day and um, just sitting at a desk. And he would just chug his Mountain Dews. And he put on a lot of body fat. And I remember him telling me, when I couldn't comfortably tie my shoes, when, like he said, that was a big pain point for me. When he said the first time I bent over to tie my shoes and I was struggling reaching my feet and I had to adjust my torso and my feet to be able to reach, he said, that was this big red flag that went off in my head of, I, I can't go on living this way. Something has to change. And Alex is one where if he's wearing a baggy shirt, he can hide what's going on. Cause when he puts on weight, it goes all around his, um, his torso and his legs. So if he's wearing baggier jeans, cause they're in style with a baggier top, like, and all you see are his arms, which I swear never put on any body fat then you would look at him and be like, wow, he's a really buff fit guy. And I remember somebody making that comment to him and he pulled out his phone and he showed him like, this is, this is what I look like right now. Like, this is what I'm, and they were shocked. Um, he's like, this, I, this is why I'm in a calorie deficit. This is why I'm dieting. Um, so I feel like for most people, 
it's we hit this wall of the pain is, is, is too big. I've got to make some changes, right? So it could be a woman putting on pants and be like, I have to buy on it, buy a, another pair of pants. And that frustration and that just like, ugh, like that pain point grows so big that it's like, I have to make changes. I have to, I can't go on living this way. And so, um, a lot of times because of that pain point, we don't want to start at maintenance. We just give me the, the fat loss right this second, right, right now. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why I still believe even for those individuals that we should start at maintenance. Okay. So, so this is actually an approach that I've started doing with like 99.9% of the clients that I take on is we start at maintenance. And this started about a year ago. And I'm going to tell you why I love this approach so much. I think a lot of times when people jump into a diet, they feel the pain of being in a calorie deficit. And then they go from not working out to all of a sudden it's like they now are going to the gym five times a week and they're doing all the cardio and then they're tracking their steps and, and they load on top of themselves so much and they just feel so overwhelmed and they're like, this is unsustainable. And do you know what? They're right. They're right. A calorie deficit is unsustainable. Majority of the time, the massive amounts of cardio that they layer on top of their life is unsustainable. Needing to go to the gym six times, seven times a week is unsustainable for a lot of people's lifestyle. And so they feel so overwhelmed by the, what they're doing right now. And even if I tell them, no, 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 but, but this is just for right now. They feel like this is forever. I'll never have it because I can't do this forever. Right? They are so overwhelmed. So what if, what if we started them instead with let's find the most enjoyable lifestyle maintenance place for you right now? Let's find that, right? So maybe for, for Susan, let's just use Susan. Maybe for Susan, she's like, okay, what can I do? Well, I can go to the gym three times a week, four times a week to the most. I can do that four times a week. Okay. Can you do daily walks? Well, no, but, but I could do, um, I could do walking four times a week or five times a week. It's like, okay, okay. That's great. So what we do is we set Susan up for the lifestyle that she wants post diet, a lifestyle that she wants and that she can maintain. And while we're there, we find her maintenance calories. Okay. Now, once again, I know what you're thinking. Wait, wait, wait. But when she loses the weight, it's not going to be the same maintenance calories. You're right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So I just really want to drill this home though. What we're doing is we're getting Susan used to the lifestyle that she will forever have. She, this is a lifestyle change 
that she can maintain and that she can enjoy and it is not going to completely deprive herself from other aspects of her life that equally bring about joy, like time with her family, time that she has to spend with work or whatever she may have. So we set her up for her lifestyle that she is always going to maintain. And then during this time, another reason why I like it is because during this time, we teach her tracking. Now, keep in mind, you don't have to track to see fat loss. And I also do not believe that people should track at maintenance all the time. I don't believe in track. When people say tracking is a lifestyle, there are few, very, very few women who can track year-round and being 100% honest with themselves can say, I am fully healthy body and mind. Mind being an emphasis, okay? I know I talk about this a lot. So tracking is a means to an end. It is not the end itself. So here I have taken Susan. We have found out that, I'm just going to throw around some numbers here, okay? We've found out that, okay, she is going to be going to the gym four times a week. She's going to be doing walks uh, five times a week, let's just say, for 20 minutes a day. Nothing strenuous, nothing crazy, nothing big. So she starts getting into it, starts getting used to it. She starts tracking. She probably will, will probably see her weight fluctuate a little bit. She'll probably will lose a little weight. And we can kind of figure out what her cal- what her maintenance calories at that lifestyle is. Now, let's just say, for ease sake, they're 2,000 calories. So about-ish 2,000 calories is her maintenance. Now, from there, we can get her into a calorie deficit. And we can choose whether to add more cardio if she can do it. Some women are like, no, that's my max. That's all I can do, Lens. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then we're going to have to drive the calorie deficit purely through um, the dropping of calories. Okay, so now we've established with Susan that this is her lifestyle. This is, and one that she loves and can easily maintain. This is something that is maintainable, right? Because she can't maintain two hours of cardio every single day and lifting three times a week on top of that and all of these things, right? We're like, okay, right here at maintenance, this is what you can maintain and what you enjoy maintaining. And we've kind of figured out that, okay, her maintenance calories with this activity level are about 2000 calories. Awesome. So now after being there for a few weeks, we're like, okay, great. This is your maintenance. So now I can say to her, okay, we're going to get into a calorie deficit. We're going to focus on fat loss. Now we've spent the last about three, four weeks, just finding maintenance, finding the lifestyle, getting you used to tracking, setting you up for success in a very non-stressful environment, right? Because as soon as you put someone into a calorie deficit, stress levels go up. They really do. And so sometimes it's hard teaching people how to track in a calorie deficit when we've completely, as I've said, completely altered their entire life. And so now, past month, awesome, she's used to this. 
Now I'm like, okay, now we're going to drop your calories a little bit. Do you want to add in cardio? Maybe Susan can't. Maybe Susan is maxed at this and she can't. So we're going to be driving majority of her fat loss then with this calorie deficit. And we're like, okay, well, let's maybe go down 20%. And so we've landed her at 1600 calories. We will give her an end date because I don't want somebody just living forever in a calorie deficit. We're going to give her an end date so that she knows this day is the last day and then we'll be able to go back up to maintenance. Now, here's the thing that most people question me about though, is they're like, well, but if you lose weight, then your maintenance is going to really, really change. So I do actually believe that this approach takes majority of guesswork out of the reverse because I don't believe in slow reverses. I believe in jumping back up to maybe just shy of maintenance and really getting into maintenance as quickly as possible. And that can be within a week or two or three, nothing more than that really. So it takes a lot of guesswork out of this because we already know that her maintenance calories are around 2000. But yes, you're right. If she loses weight, that is going to alter her maintenance calories, but not like what people think. So I think people think their maintenance drops way more than it does when they lose body fat. So this was an interesting study. One study cited, and I'll cite this below in the show notes, they showed that losing 5 to 13 pounds, individuals within this study saw a reduction in anywhere between 50 to 75 calories to their RMR. That's it. 50 to 75. Losing 5 to 13 pounds only dropped their calories 50 to 75. Not like hundreds like people think. People think, oh, well, if I lose 5 to 10 pounds, then my new maintenance is going to be like 1,700 from 2,000. That's actually not true. It could have dropped it like 50 to 75, which if you think about it, if you put on muscle or walk more throughout the day, you can easily bump that up. So that's pretty small. So... I do have a recommendation that you adjust your calories down five to 10 calories per pound that you lose. And 10 calories is actually like pretty conservative, being on that pretty conservative side. So just to make sure you don't really overshoot your reverse. But let's just say that Susan here, let's say she loses 13 pounds. So then her her new maintenance is 1925. That's not that big of a deal. Maybe we just jump it back up to 1900. See how she does. We're keeping that maintenance lifestyle. So everything's staying the same. And then the next week, maybe we bump it up another 50. And maybe because she's put on muscle mass throughout all of this, that she doesn't even see really a reduction. And so maybe she finds, wow, I, my, I've lost 10 
13 pounds and yet I'm a little bit more active. Maybe at this point she's like, I really like being active. I like walking every single day. And so now all of a sudden she's eating 2000 calories and this is easily maintenance for her. Maybe because her activity level, as she loses weight and feels better and loves moving more, she finds herself moving more. And now all of a sudden, because she's moving more, her maintenance is at 2,100 calories now, right? So, so this is something that I love teaching people because I think there's so much power in starting at maintenance, finding maintenance, and then knowing that your, your maintenance doesn't change all that much. Once again, guys, in this study, people lost 5 to 13 pounds and the reduction was only 50 to 75 calories a day. That's nothing. That's nothing. So, and this is actually usually why, too, when people get healthier, even though they've dropped, you know, 15, 20 pounds, they find that they're eating more because they drop weight. Yes, but they're also moving more because that movement, the weightlifting, the walking, the just hiking now, they can, they feel so much better. They want to use their body. So it actually increases their maintenance over this period. But I mean, that that is something I've often seen because, you know, when we do put on muscle, it is going to give us a slight increase, but not like hundreds and 200s and 300 calories for like one to two pounds of muscle, right? So usually the reason why the increase in maintenance happens is because people fall in love with movement. So I'm going to go back and break this down for you, okay? So step one, find your maintenance. Well, how do you find maintenance? Look, there are... I. I'll put in the show notes, um, my macro calculator, you can use that. I think it's very important to understand that, uh, calculators are best guesses. Even the best coach out there is going to give you their best guess at first. And the best way to find maintenance is to choose those calories, that TDEE total daily energy expenditure and then eat them for two weeks, three weeks, and see, does you, does the scale move up? And I'm talking about over those three weeks, not just one day the scale moves up, but over those three weeks, are we seeing the scale move down a little bit or the scale move up a little bit? Because that will tell you, and then you can make adjustments accordingly. And then when you find that number at a lifestyle you love and can maintain, then you know, okay, after my diet... If I drop down to 1,500 calories and my maintenance was 2,000, if I drop down 1,500 calories, go really aggressive for 12 weeks and um, am walking, keeping movement up, uh, weight lifting so that I can maintain as much muscle mass as possible, then after the diet, I can jump up to just below my new maintenance, which if you lost five pounds, may just be a reduction of 25 pounds. 50 calories. That's it. You lost five pounds. So now do you understand why there are a lot of these fitness influencers who, when they do lose weight, they are not losing a ton. Maybe they want to, um, do a cut, 
drop five pounds to kind of look a little bit more cut or their muscles pop out a little bit more. And then they can jump back up to even their previous or just, just barely shy of their previous maintenance. It doesn't change it that much. So that's why I like really encouraging people, find the lifestyle you want and that you can maintain first. Find the maintenance calories at that lifestyle so that when you go into the calorie deficit, go into an aggressive cut, then you know about where your maintenance, your new maintenance will be, and you can just jump back up to it. Get out of that calorie deficit as fast as you can, really. Like your body and your mind will be so grateful if you can just jump back out of it, right? I know a lot of people are scared about this. Honestly, our body is going to fluctuate 1 to 2% in in we're going to see 1 to 2% body fluctuations. So don't worry if after you jump out of it, you see the scale move up 1 2 pounds. That's fine. A lot of what you're seeing really is um, an uptake in water, nutrients, glycogen stores in your muscle. Because you, remember, we don't want to compare to a deprived calorie deficit state. We want to compare to where we were before we started. Okay, Not at the bottom of a cut. Because at the bottom of a cut, you are going to be, uh, you're not going to have as high of glycogen stores. You're not going to have um, all that food in your gut. And so you've got to really get out of this comparing to the bottom of the cut. You don't compare to that. You compare to where you started the diet. And then remember, the diet isn't over until you're back up at maintenance. So a lot of times when people are going from the low-calorie deficit back up to maintenance, they think, oh, well, I'm going to maintenance. Oh, I don't really have to track now. Oh, I can be a lot looser. And then you have to understand that at the bottom of a cut, your hormones are a little bit dysregulated as far as hormones that are telling you when you're satisfied and full. And so it's really easy to overshoot. Okay, so those hormones may not be telling you when they should that you're full and so you keep eating. Or maybe you went away from certain foods during your cut and then you go back to foods that you weren't eating before and you overeat them because it's so easy because they're so calorie dense, right? There are so many ways that we can overshoot. So following and staying on point to tracking during that that time period where you jump back to maintenance is absolutely key. So many people also are like, well, I tried to reverse and it didn't work for me. And a lot of times it's because that's where they they stop tracking. They start guessing more. They get really, really loose. And so it's like, oh, did it not work for you or were you not working it? Okay, so you gotta, you gotta own a lot of that as well. But this is an approach that I really am loving using for my clients now. And those of you who are listening who want to be a client, just know that this is one that I will continue to to use. And so if you want to see fat loss, if you start with me, you're going to be spending a few weeks where we are finding the lifestyle and maintenance that you want 
before we jump into a cut. I don't care how long you've been tracking. I need to see it. Okay. I find that a lot of people, they don't mean to be dishonest. We don't mean to be dishonest with ourselves, but sometimes it does take somebody else looking at our data for us to be like, oh, dang it. Maybe I wasn't doing what I thought I was. Right. I know how that feels. I've been in that situation before where I've hired a coach and they were like, well, Lindsay, were you doing this? I'm like, "Mm, awkward. Nope. I wasn't. Okay. You're right. (laughs) Right. I thought I was, but you're right. I'm feeling called out, but that's okay. Cause I know I love you. I'm feeling called out right now, but that's okay because I know you love me and I know you want what's best for me. And that's the same thing that I like doing with my clients is lovingly reminding them of the things that they, that they already know sometimes, but I'm just, I'm there to hold them accountable. So hopefully this discussion on maintenance and starting with maintenance will actually help you because I really do believe it sets people up for a lifelong change versus this quick fix mindset. A lot of times when we just want to jump into this, this crazy aggressive three month transformation, we don't realize as coaches that what we're teaching people is that extremes are what gets them where they want to. And we forget that we first need to set like set a foundation for them of this is what your life lifestyle will look like. Okay. This is what it will look like. But for a time we're going to step away and we're going to be more aggressive, but don't worry because you know how it felt before and we're going to get back there. So don't worry. So hopefully this conversation on beginning your fitness and health journey with maintenance can really help you set yourself up or set your clients up for a place where they can see that this is sustainable. This is a real lifestyle change. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay. You can also check out my brand new website, liftinglindsay.com, if you have questions about my optimized training programs or my coaching. I am going to open up 10 new coaching spots over the next few months. So this is a big deal. I don't open up coaching spots a lot, but there's a big but with this. I only work off of my wait list. So get on the wait list on the website. And as soon as there are openings, I will send out a text and an email and it's pretty much first come first serve. So the first responders are those that are going to get the spots.